Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to NS9 Live. I am your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we have Tyler. We have Jim. We got pitchers and catchers back. Fellas, what's up? What's going on? Spring is in the air. Kind of. It was pretty cold, man. <laughs> we had a little tease up here, and then it came back, slapped us in the face. Winter is still here, but we won't be in the winter for that much longer, Jim. That's true. Uh, what is it? Eight more days? Nine yep. more days? We'll all be uh, we'll all be in Florida. And the weather is turning, baby. Weather's looking good. Mid seventies. Shouldn't have to bring too many hoodies down. Yeah, looking forward to it. I'm really excited. I'm super excited. I feel like it's just maybe because we're going so much earlier this year than last year too. Like it just crept right up. Yeah, it, it's definitely crept up. Like there is a game. There's an actual spring training game next Saturday. Yes. This is the last week of no games. We're three hours away from Friday. Yeah. Wild. <laughs> I love crazy. it. Yeah. Like I'm excited for us to be down there. Right. Exciting. But it's also exciting that pitchers and catchers have reported and just like baseball in general is back for everyone to enjoy right now. Yeah, I mean, you had all the videos today, um, yesterday, pitchers throwing their bullpens, batting practice, you know, pop of the mitt, crack of the bat, just gets you in the mood. It's hard not to, uh, it's hard not to be excited right now. Yeah, man, this is a great time of year. Like, the excitement's there for baseball coming back, and we haven't been burnt yet, and it's not May, and we're not miserable yet. You mean literally burned, like Jim? Yeah, I was like, did you? Oh, mean, yeah. Do you mean like sunburned? <laughs> See, Tyler, that's both. what we call a double entendre. Yeah, it's a little bit of both there, but yeah, man, it's I don't know. Just spring training in general is just exciting. I enjoy the spring training stuff just because the spring training drills are fun to watch. If you're a baseball nerd, like if you have kids that play baseball, it's just a great time to just get more baseball information and learn. Yeah. I mean, if you've never been to like, if you've never been to spring training, if you've never been to pirate city, you've never been to uh, uh Lee com park. If you're a baseball fan, like it's hard not to just love the environment there. It's first off, it's so intimate, right? Like pirate city, like you're literally in the middle of everything. There's you are smack dab in the middle. And then, at 360 degrees, see 360 degrees around you, there's just baseball happening, right? Um, Leecom, same way. Like it's it's a ballpark, but it's it's a minor league park. It's got that that small, intimate feel. The players are super outgoing, like they're laid back. They're not as, you know, focused, just like I've gotta, you know, do my thing. It's just it's just a great environment overall. If you haven't been there, highly recommend. Um one of my most enjoyable times of the year, the spring training. Yeah, it's a fun time. And I feel like for most people too, and like Tyler's alluded, the weather looks like it's going to be even nicer than it was. But like it's February or March. The weather's nice. Like it's just an enjoyable time. You have the beaches yeah. around you. Like not only do you have baseball, but it's just, it's a good environment to be in. But you're around, you're surrounded by a bunch of baseball fans. And you talk about the drills and everything. Just, it's just, 
you can get that close to all the players. You don't really have that access that you have anywhere else other than spring training. Yeah, it's great. I, Plus, I, man, I can't it's the start wait. of summer. Yeah, I can't wait. I, I'm I'm just looking forward to it. I can't wait to hop on that plane. Denardo picked me up in his his little car. <laughs> Take the drive over the skyway bridge. Pick it up Tyler yeah. first, right to the bar. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. I'm I'm ready for this. What Denardo, what are the odds that by the time we pick up Jim and Cody, I am all absolutely drunk? The problem is I can't. <laughs> I can. <laughs> I'm gonna be very jealous of you, Tyler. Oh, but, uh, the other thing too, uh, there's our, very good odds. Our setup this year is so much better than it was last year. Like last year, we were all crammed into like that condo. We had two bedrooms. Tyler was sleeping on the sofa. <laughs> Cody was up watching The Office until like 4 a.m. Tyler couldn't go to sleep. I was going to say, I don't know about sleeping. He was on a sofa. <laughs> and this year, we've got like, we've got a house. We've got a pool. We got a tiki bar. Like, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. I mean, so much fun. Yeah, we stayed by the beach to not go to the beach. Yeah, we only went to the yeah, beach. Yeah, we went to the beach one time. Which we, we, we might do that, but we've got a pool now, so it's like, eh. yeah. And if it's like pushing eighty, like it's supposed to be that one day, oh yeah, baby, that's gonna yeah. be a good day. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. But let's talk some baseball. I thought we were. <laughs> let's talk baseball, baseball. Let's oh, talk okay. baseball. Yeah, let's talk baseball, baseball. Uh so maybe not as exciting as all the stuff we talked about earlier. <laughs> but, I mean, again, the Pirates have entered spring training. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk that we are maybe hyper-sensitive in the sense of, like, what are the Pirates doing this year? Like, there's plenty of time. There's plenty of time. There's plenty of time, guys. Chill out. There's plenty of time. I'll wait until, you know, this arbitrary date was set to all start panicking. So I present to you. It is February 15th. Pitchers and catchers I reported yesterday. And the Pirates still have the same situation with the, the starting pitching that they've had for quite some time and do something, right? Well, rumors have kind of broke that they're doing something. They're, they're hard on the free agent market. They're hard on the trade market. We had Edward Cabrera was a Pirate rumors. That was a done deal. It's on the Marlins. We still sit here. So there's a lot to talk about. Um, but still a lot of unfinished business that we're talking about, not the sense of here's what has happened as the Pirates enter spring training. So where do you guys want to start with this? Um, well, there were some interesting comments made today by by some players, I guess, I, by um, Ben Sherrington in particular, about the, the pitching situation. Um, right. he, he apparently talked to Jason Mackey today. Um, quote, I would say that we would have some desire to bring in another starting pitcher. It just hasn't happened yet. Uh, and then he also goes on to say, um, Jason asked uh, what made the market unpalatable for the Pirates. Um, and Ben said, I don't know about unpalatable. Every offseason is different. We engage on a lot of players, both in free agency and trade. It's hard to predict which ones you're going to line up with. Blah, blah, blah. We chased down a lot this winter that ultimately didn't feel like it made sense. He also mentions that there were certain players that preferred another spot. Um, we want to be opportunistic, look inside, outside. Um, and, and, you know, he kind of talks about like pivoting to, to the, you know, the bullpen. 
um, with the Chapman deal. So, you know, some things there to unpack. Basically, it sounds like they were in on some guys. They liked some people, but those people didn't necessarily like them, um, which led them to choose other teams. But at the end of the day, like, it doesn't matter. Like, Ben Sherrington, you got to do your job. You got to close some deals, right? He didn't do it. The chickens are kind of coming home to roost here, aren't they? Like, they set themselves up for this. What kind of Ohio shit is that? <laughs> that was rude, but anywho. I've heard that <laughs> phrase before. Yeah, it's a, that's a normal phrase. But really, though, they've set themselves up in this way. Um, you are a bad team for a long period of time. They probably don't have the best reputation as an organization. I, I really do think when you talk about those guys wanting to go elsewhere, it's a lot of what they've done to themselves. It's not the players that just absolutely don't want to be in Pittsburgh at all. It's what the organization has shown throughout the years. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to that, right? Like, there are players out there who are, who are clearly – Hey, we would prefer to go somewhere else other than Pittsburgh. But like, whose fault is that? That's that's our fault. It's, it's the Pirates' fault for for making that situation happen. There are other teams out there that have shown that they're more dedicated to winning baseball games, so players are, would rather go to those places. Um, you know, at the end of the day, so they really have no one else, no one to blame but themselves, right? Um, it's like that. Like the, like the like the meme, right? Like we're all trying to find the guy who did this. Like they're the ones who caused this this issue. Um, and now we're in the situation where, like you said, Donardo, we're we're in the same. I was willing to give him some time, but pitchers and catchers are there now. They signed Josh Fleming. <laughs> that's the only, that's the only thing they've done here to add to this this rotation depth, quote unquote depth, because yeah, that's that's all he is. Like you can't. You don't want Josh Fleming starting multiple baseball games for you this year. Yep. Yeah, I just think it's funny how those comments pretty much back up everything we've been saying all year, all offseason long. Right? I mean, isn't it? Isn't it basically we've been saying like I mean they it's, it says does seem and appear that they have offered multi-year deals, which. I know a lot of people came at us and said that that's they don't do that. That's not going to happen. It happened. Ben saying it. They've been turned down. You know that they they probably had the money out there and they've been turned down. Like Ben is pretty much validating everything we've been saying this offseason in, in this regard. So like I want to put that out there. And again, like that's why you're you're right. Like like I just I hated hearing all that today. I hated it. I just hated it. And you know why I hated this it because excuses. thank you. This is a results oriented. Business. I keep referring to the business because everyone wants to refer to business and business business, you know, like the, the payroll, the money. So think of it as a business. Like this is a results oriented business. It's a sports league. You have to win. That is the goal to win. And winning also has provides other opportunistic pathways, right? That's to get free agents because they want to come there, you know, to build this client centric clubhouse and whatever, because then people want to come there, you know? So like, you have to do all the things in order to do this. And then that's why, again, like we talked about last offseason, what were we talking about then? Maybe they should start getting some multi-year free agents now. 
And that's what you're seeing the Royals do now. Like everyone wants to poke at the Royals and say, these are dumb. These, they're not even ready to compete. This is stupid. Well, the Royals don't want to be in this position today that the Pirates are in next year when they're ready to, to accelerate, right? So you do it now. You prepare. Maybe next year, teams look at the Royals and say, you know what? There's something cooking there. And they have more veterans that have multi-year deals. Like, you know, guys, come on. Come on, right? It wasn't veterans that were there that then got traded and said, I love my time in Pittsburgh, but I mean, I did get traded and they don't even want me back now. Carlos Santana, Jose Quintana, right? Like your two biggest reagent signings that probably the biggest proponents to you as far as like, this is a great place to be at. We're traded and we're wanted back. So why does ex free agent and the 2024 offseason want to come to Pittsburgh? So yes, it's excuses and I'm tired of excuses. The other weird part I thought was just the, him mentioning pivoting over to Chapman and that being part of the whole thing. I don't, I don't understand why that has something to do with the other. You can get both. Like you don't have to solely focus on getting a Raldis Chapman now because everybody spurns you in free agency starting pitcher wise. Like it's possible to do both here. Yeah. I mean, I know Alex was on here last week and he said that, you know, we're looking at like they've got a budget and the budget was roughly $80 million, right? I guess where I'm coming from is like, why? Why is the budget $80 million? How much, like, we're, we talked about how this team, well, this team keeps talking about, like, hey, we're, we'll invest, we'll invest, we'll invest when it's time. How much money have they saved up these past few years just being at the complete bottom of the barrel? Like, where's this money going? Like you didn't spend the last four years. You're now ready to, to finally say, Hey, you know what? We're ready to go. Like, let's go. That's, that's, that's all it is. And, and like, I don't want to mention it because like, I, I'm going to mention it, but it's, there are ways that this team can go out there right now and just answer all of their questions. There are free agents still available that would just say, if you went out and got them, and you'd have to pay, right? But it would answer all of your question marks that you've got going into the season. Where has this money gone these last few years? Why can't they go out and spend it right now? That's my question. Like, and, and it's never going to get answered, right? The budget's the budget. The budget's what it is. They're not going to go out there and sign Jordan Montgomery or Blake Snell or Cody Bellinger. That's not going to happen. But those guys are there. And those guys would answer all of the questions that this team has right now. And all it would do is cost money. Yeah. I want to go back three, to, but it's just not going to happen. Okay. okay tie, tie. Do those three guys put you towards the top of this division? Cause I think they do. If you get, let's just say they got all three guys just in this little <laughs> hypothetical world here. I know we're just playing a fun Absolutely. little game here. They get all three guys. You're, probably projected to win the division at that point, or at least finish second. If you acquire, if you get all three of those guys, you're, you're division favorites. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You get two of them. You might be. Yes, I agree. But that's, that is why we've been so frustrated this off season. Again, I want everyone to understand it. It's not because we think the pirates are so terrible and this is complete misery. It's that the Pirates are this close to becoming something 
in this division. And it's like they're choosing not to, or they're excusing themselves of not being it. Now, granted, I understand like those three are going to cost some money to do. And, and yes, I get that. But like you get those three. And to me, you're the clear favorites in this division, especially since Corbin Burns is out of Milwaukee. Like the absolute clear favorites. Yeah. And I mean, you're, if you go out and do that, you're raising your payroll to about 140 million, which obviously just, just not going to happen. Right. Like, so if you get two of those players, I still think you're the, the clear favorites. You get two of those guys, you're what, maybe 110? Probably 120 ish. You add it depends which guys, it depends which two it is. Yeah, I mean, all three like if it's Bellinger be, and Snell, all those three two are those probably guys more are expensive. Be Twenty million plus, probably. You I got Snell just, and Jordan Montgomery. This team is cooking. This team is cooking because also think about what that allows you to do. Like if you get those two players, which I'm tired of hearing about, like this pitching depth. Like yes, you have pitching depth that makes prospects expendable. Maybe you don't need Coden Bellinger. Maybe you can use some of this prospect capital to trade for someone who is also much cheaper. And get someone that way. You know? Like, again, that's that's what signing players can do for you. All this depth you have is still assets. You just don't need to use it. Now you go get something else. So you want to get two pitchers and, and trade, maybe a Priester and a Solomito, or, or you know, like, and, and pick and choose, like, whatever you want, right? Package something and get something else. Like, you can do that. And you're not paying Bellinger prices. Yeah, and, and like I, said, I don't know how much time I want to talk about this because these are just things that are just never going to happen. I guess one way that you could get kind of creative here, right? And you mentioned uh, the multi-year deals, right? Um, they didn't do them these past few years, but maybe like like what's Brandon Woodruff? Like I haven't heard a Brandon Woodruff rumor all off season. Like, what if we just went out there and gave Brandon Woodruff a three-year deal? I don't know. Like, could we do it? Yeah, I'm not sure. That's a good point. And with the sixty-day ILs opening up now, like now would be the time that signing happens. Yeah. But alas, eighty million dollar payroll—that's our budget. Oh. And I don't want to harp on it too much, but they also allocate their money very, very poorly. Like, what do they have tied up in Chapman and Perez? Uh, 18? 18, 18 and a half million, something like that. And I know they have, I know we, we all think they have more to spend and they probably do, but like 18 million for a bad starter and albeit a good reliever, but he's probably your seventh and eighth inning guy. You could have got a legitimate starting pitcher. Yep. Oh, yeah. I agree. But I'll, I'll say this, and this kind of goes back to your comment about the whole pivoting. They didn't. So at least give them credit for this. Instead of sitting on their hands and saying, well, we tried for starting pitch and we didn't, at least they said, like they realized it and said, well, let's go and add to here. You know what I mean? So like at least that happened. I don't give them all the credit for doing that. I still to this day like the Chapman signing. It felt like it was because it was a pivot and seems as if it was. Um, But like at least they didn't totally excuse themselves and say, well, whoa, us, we couldn't get any starting pitching. So we just gave up. Yeah, I guess that would be more of a last season thing where they spent all that money on hedges and a bunch of other guys that ended up being like 15 to 18 million. You could have just got an actual good player. So this year, I'd understand like Chapman's going to help this team. You just solidified your bullpen. I get that. It's just 
everything just gets frustrating at some point. That's all. Fair. Yeah. Everything gets frustrating. That's been the Pirates motto for the better part of that a three decades. <laughs> I do have a question for you guys, though. What's up? What? I guess let's just assume that they're not going to make another move and add another pitcher. Let's say we get to the regular season. Internally, what do you guys want them to do? Pray. I'll say this. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. But um, David wrote a pretty good article on, on our, our blog last week. And you saw it work last year, right, towards the, the last two months. Utilizing the opener and then just trying to trying to get to like the six. I understand. Like I hate it. I think it's terrible. It's stupid baseball. I I just the games aren't enjoyable. I don't want to watch a reliever go out there. I don't want to see like pitching changes like that. Like it's it's just not an enjoyable brand of baseball. At the end of the day, though, if it's going to work and you're going to win, then you know whatever. I'll I'll obviously put up put up with it if we're going to win. But this is a team where last the last two months of the season last year. They had two starting pitchers and they played over 500 ball. And a lot of it had to do with just the way they utilized their bullpen and those fringy, you know, swing guys that they have. So yeah, if, if they're not going to do anything else, then I think what you do is you have Keller Perez Gonzalez as like your normal starters. And then you you go piggyback, opener, follower situation with, with the other two spots. It allows you to utilize Ortiz, Falter, Contreras, whoever you want to throw in that mix, where they only have to see a lineup two times you know, through. They don't have to go through that top of the order three times. And then that still gets you, that gets you deep into the ballgame. Like that's... That's what you do, in my opinion, if you can't go out there and add any more guys. I hate that so much. I understand it. I just hate it so much, man. Oh, like here's where I'm at with that. They're they're in a position, self-imposed, but they're in a position where they might have to do that. And if you need to get creative, like like again, given what they have that probably is the best for them to do. It's going to put everyone in the best situation that they can to bring the best out of everybody. So I see it. And and I guess we're hopeful that other guys will step up. Like Quinn Priester, you're hopeful that he can take the next step this year. Ronzi Contreras regains some form, right? Luis Ortiz regains some form. And then maybe a Jared Jones does come along and develop nicely. And, And who knows about Paul Skeens? Like he's a wild card. Maybe he can fast track to the major leagues and be that dude, right? But I guess what I'm getting at is there is a lot of depth. We've talked about that. The, the quality of depth is something that's your question, right? JT Brubaker coming back. Um, Michael Burroughs coming back, right? There's a lot of depth. The quality is questionable. So with all that depth, just it's it's almost like the the cheap, <laughs> the, the team right. version of the Dodgers. You just work that like 10 day IL. Honestly, like that, that's how I envision this. You're, the, the promotions, the demotions, you're just going to keep a bunch of moving parts and keep everyone fresh. 
a lot of bodies, lower inning limits. Like that's just kind of how I see it. You know, like you're talking about with, I just went to um, Priester right now, but like Priester's first time through the lineup, 3.63 RA last year, small sample size, right? Only 17.1 innings. I think small sample in a sense, but to paint the picture, 3.63 ERA the first time through the order. Second time, 7.53. Third time, 17.28. So, right. Like maybe Quinn Priester's. 17.28. Jeez. Yes. 17.28, Jim. Uh, 16 earned runs in 8.1 innings. Yeah. Uh, four home runs in 8.1 innings. So, if Quinn Priester's only going out there for like three, four innings, and you got to burn somebody else like another three or four innings that's that's how you kind of piece this rotation together and and to go back to what your original to your point there was in the beginning like this would be temporary right like you you do this for 40 percent of your rotation but you hope that someone steps up like if if luis ortiz Mm -hmm. is going out there every fifth day and giving you five scoreless innings or five innings of one run ball or whatever and maybe you're like, you know what? Let's push Luis Ortiz a little bit more and see if he can, see if he can really do this, right? Or if 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 Quinn Priester or Bailey Falter or whoever whoever they're going to be using here in these situations, you have the, that that kind of gives them the opportunity to like ease into the season a bit and see like, all right, who's who's going to step up? And then the ones who do step up, you rely on. The ones who don't, you maybe move out of the way, and then you hopefully have some reinforcements coming around you know, June, July, so that you don't need to do something like this the entire season because they were, they're not going to be able to get away with it for an entire season. But as we saw last year, they can get away with it for two months. It also killed us starting way, to interject on. real quick. Also, Josh Fleming, add to the mix now. That's true. Who was, I mean, that was the role he had on a team that went to the playoffs every year he was in the majors. Good point. I do. Now it's something that I would want to see how spring training shakes out. But let's just say this guy is lights out. I would be very tempted to start the year with Jared Jones in the rotation if he is dynamite in spring training. Because he is a top 100 prospect. I know it's a pipe dream of him finishing rookie of the year, but that's a risk I'd be willing to take if he shows that he can pitch at a major league level through spring training. They won't do it, but I think that's the type of guy you do it with. Top 100 prospect, maybe not a guy you're really, really counting on. He's not Paul Skeens. Like Paul Skeens, you want to polish a little more. Jones was roughed up a little bit in AAA last year, but if he's really good in spring training, I would be tempted to roll the dice on him. So I think Jones is definitely in the mix. Like, I think he's on the outside looking in, like if I'm being honest, but I think if like if he goes out there and he outperforms all the other people, it's going to be tough to to leave him off the roster. Um but the same at the same boat, Jones is another guy, he doesn't go that deep into games. He's not super efficient, he's not very, you know, he gets a little wild at times. Jones is also one of those guys who might benefit from shorter spurts, four, five innings tops. Like he's still kind of that guy right now where do you just hand him the ball to start every fifth day? I don't know. Like we can find that out. And it's going to shake out how it shakes out. They have a month of spring training that 
guys are going to weed themselves out. But if just for some reason he just goes out there and he looks awesome through spring, I think you got to put him on the opening day roster and just see what happens with him, especially just with him being a top 100 prospect. I'm with you, yeah, though. Like, I, I agree. Yeah, like get creative with this new role. Roll the dice, see what happens. And you know what? If he's not ready for the majors, you can you can always just send him back to AAA. Thank you. For all those that just don't understand that that can happen, like you can start it from day one, and if they suck, you still don't have to lose that entire year of eligibility because you can just send them back down. Yeah, so I'm with you. I'm, I'm absolutely with you. I think Jared Jones has a much better shot making the opening roster than Paul Skeens. And I think Alex shed some light on that when we talked to him last week. That that made a lot of sense. You know, Paul getting in the routine and such. You know what? I can understand that. That's rational thinking, right? I can get behind that. Jared Jones, like, he might be the guy that if you need to take a risk because, and also to your point, not only does Jared looking lights out, but your Rones is still struggling. Quinn Priest is still struggling, right? Luis Ortiz is still struggling. That's why, like, uh, Jim says, I agree, too. He's, like, on the outside looking in. It's also going to take those guys not looking probably good at all for him to do that. But like, if that is the case, I also don't want to say like, they're not going to do that. No, Ben hasn't proven to us that he will, but I'm, I'm not ready to stamp. Like he just won't. And I think like Jared Jones is kind of like that prospect that you're, you're, you're willing to gamble with because it's not like a Paul Skeens. like Paul Skeens, You can make the argument, which I don't want to, that extra year control is just way too valuable to mess with Jared Jones. Yes, he's good, but I don't know if I'm really worried about that right now i'm with yeah, you yeah yeah i'm with you too um jerry jones is also super young like the dude's just 22 years old so um i'm not quite sure if he's ready and i think i think in like starting the year in triple a is probably the right call but if he proves that he's the best guy out of that group let him just let him go. What you just heard is Jim is going to be even way more insufferable than he ever has been before. If Jared Jones is showing to be the best guy. So if you hate Jim I'll say already, this, yeah, I'll say this. Like I'm usually, this is, I, I am pretty insufferable this time of year because there's always like that one guy who, this you know, is who, you know, is ready. And the pirates are just not going to let him start in the majors. I just don't know if there's, if there's that guy this year. I don't think so. Like Paul Skeens could probably start, you know, right now. But at the same time, like he pitched eight, what six, right. six or eight innings last year in the in the minors. Like get him on that routine where he's pitching every fifth day. He's never done it before. It makes sense for Paul Skeens to start the year in the minors. There's really not a guy who it. There, there's no one this year who I'm going to be like this guy has to on the opening day roster unless jared jones goes out there and just pitches lights out then i don't know if i'll be insufferable but yeah i'll, I'll definitely oh you will honest. i'll definitely be on his side <laughs> no jim okay you being insufferable just got pushed out a little longer because when paul Skeens is dominating in may in triple a you're going to be screaming every episode to call him up it'll just yeah. get pushed back a little bit no, that makes sense. Yeah. If it's like May 30th or like May 25th and he's just clearly ready, 
yeah i'll be i'll be a little and we're watching piggyback starts every like two out of five days we're seeing quinn priester in his 17 era the third time through the order (laughs) right i i will gladly join you in being insufferable yeah no but right now i've got i've got no qualms with the prospects starting in the minors is that because they don't have any really good prospects ready to go possibly that's the other side of the coin there. Yeah. But uh, I do want to bring up this comment too. This was earlier, but I did want to touch on it. And we have before, but I mean, this is literally what we're talking about. It's kind of why to a degree, I say to a degree, because I think there's some levels of how much we were intrigued on this guy, but Andre Jackson, like him choosing to go to Japan overstay here, like Andre Jackson, that put him in the best situation that he could be in. And he showed in that role, he could compete and pitch well. And, this is like the perfect team for him to be on right now, because if that is what they're going to do, he's been in that role. He was successful in it. You know, he could have been a, an easy piece to have. Uh, he is gone. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, but to an extent, but there's not really room for him either at the same time. Like this bullpen's pretty full. It is. I think the other thing but he can definitely give you that multi inning guy. I think with Andre Jackson a little bit last year too, it was one of those. He looked good because like everyone else just was terrible. Like how good really is Andre Jackson? He pitched in like three inning spurts all last season and he had a 4.99 ERA. Change so up like, was pretty though. Yeah. Yeah. And like he looked good at times, but. I mean, come on. I'm not quite as poor where I'm going to complain about losing Andre Jackson. Right. First time through the order, 1.17 ERA. Yeah. So, like, two two and some change innings out of them, sure. Like, you only have enough roster spots for those kind of guys. You got to – you need guys who can pitch it. I get it. But if we're talking about this role – that they're kind of putting themselves into, like he was a great fit for. You're right. You're right. No, you're right. You're right, but they, I think they also have like four other guys. Stop, stop, stop. No, I'm interrupting because, no, no, we need to forget that Jim said you're right because you're not right. Jim, could you say that again? This was my Valentine's Day. I really hope his mic cut out. Uh, you you heard me. <laughs> you heard me. We can continue. I just want yeah, to hear let's... Jim tell somebody else that they were right. No, you're, I mean, you're right. Andre Jackson would fit good on this team for probably the first two months of the year. That's all I needed to hear. There you go. At that point, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> well. True. Right. Anyway. So what's next? Do we want about to this talk Henry about... Davis stuff? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because that's, I think, the second biggest news. Might be the first biggest news, but is he going to be in AAA, guys? Because it seems like everyone's making the radio hits and saying that's a real possibility. Yeah, I guess it started with Michael McHenry, right? Um, Thanks for it. Yeah, Fort saying a couple of days ago that he he thinks like it was his opinion at the time, but he thinks 
Davis is going to start the year in AAA. And then I was just like, eh, sorry for it, but you don't know what you're talking about. That's not right. Um, See, and then Jim we never says anyone's right. <laughs> and, and then we hear some quotes from Shelton, right? Um, saying that, you know, Grand, Grandal is obviously a catcher on this team. Uh, and that, you know, he's happy with the, uh, the um, progression that Davis has made throughout the offseason. But, like, he, he's, there's going to be a competition for that second catcher spot. And, uh, you know, between Davis, DeLay, and apparently Ali Sanchez, right? I'm still, like, I'm not ready to say that that's a real competition, but John Parado apparently came on the radio today too. And was like, based off what I've heard, he's like, I think Davis is starting in triple a. So, so there's a lot of smoke behind this. And I guess we'll see more and more kind of throughout the spring. Like what does playing time look like? What are they doing? Like if Henry Davis is mashing the ball this spring and he looks fine behind the plate, you can't not have Henry Davis on this team. Right. But if Henry Davis is, you know, struggling, he doesn't look good back there. He doesn't look comfortable. Like then, there's maybe some, there's maybe something here. I'll say this: like, if Henry Davis doesn't make this team out of spring training, what a disaster this development of him has gone. Like they they just kind of jerked him around all last year, stuck him in a position that he wasn't ready in. Like it, it was. <sighs> I'm going to be pretty upset if Henry Davis isn't on this opening day roster. Let's just say that because that's just, I think Neil, Neil put it good in an article a little bit ago. Like it's just like developmental malpractice is kind of what they've done with Davis up to this point. And they've got to figure out something to do with them. Denard, do you think he'd say any of that if he went to Kentucky? No. I could tell you what he would say, though. But for the most part, I actually do agree with Jim there. It, I don't really see it happening, to be honest with you. And I think that Henry Davis can prevent it just by hitting a baseball. If he hits in spring training, there's no way they can send him a trip away. You've got enough other catches. You can just say, screw the catching thing. We need this guy to hit. That's his calling card. He's really not going to be a catcher if everything goes well long-term. If Andy Rodriguez comes back, he is your guy. And if Henry Davis does hit well enough, he's probably not going to catch anyhow long-term. I just don't really see a reason to send him a triple-A because I don't know how that helps him. The way he hit last year, I'd prefer he focus on just hitting at this point. If it takes you just taking him away from catcher and go play right field because you do have some capable catchers now. Jason Delay is a fine backup. Grandall, I have questions about him, but he can play the position. If Henry Davis hits, he's in the major leagues, plain and simple to me. I have no issues with any of this. Like, absolutely zero. And I think, like, a lot of people did. And that's one to remind people of, like, my stance. I've been saying it time and time again. Competition's good. Competition's great. You know, I, I, it's, it's, I think bothered me more when you're hearing about guys more or less being penciled in. And we're talking about the 20, 21, 22, 23 pirates. They are God awful. There's not more than two people on those rosters that should ever been told you're given a position. Right. So like, to me, this still holds true. It's Henry Davis. He was a rookie last year. He struggled mightily. Yes. There was an injury involved that probably 
was a reason for a good bit of it. But regardless, the results were you weren't good. So how am I going to hand you a position coming into this year? Like, no, you got to earn it, kid. You know, now what's really going on behind the scenes? Like, I don't truly know if the thought is that there's a real opportunity for him to start in AAA. I also don't think it's terrible, but I think like it also, again, it's a, it's a competition. Even if he isn't great, if he's still better than the other guys, then you've won the competition. And that's how I look at it. Like Grandol has to perform those two to win it. Like he shouldn't be given it, right? Ali Sanchez should be given it. Jason Lay should be given it. It's like they're going to earn their weight also. But if they are and Henry Davis isn't, well, you know what? Maybe you do got to go to AAA because let's think about that, guys. Like, let's think about this. He's struggling. Like, do you want to see him there? And again, yes. you're talking about your number one pick. Like, if he looks bad, maybe he does just need to go to AAA for a little bit. I don't know. Like, it's not great. You don't want to see that. Like, and that, that's just kind of where I'm at. Like, hearing this being spoken to right now, that's what I want to hear. Plain and simple. So I agree with that. Um, just in general, on the surface, I agree that competition is good. I do think that this could light a fire under his butt. I'll say this though, but before, I, I don't think he's the type that you need to. I don't either, but still knowing that there's a possibility you're not on this team and you're going to have to be sent down. So yes, that could light a fire under him. Like you, you really can't get complacent here. The problem is that I don't trust this organization because they've done so many stupid things that even if he performs, I can see them saying, yeah, we want to work on catching. That's fair. Yeah, and and, and yeah, I mean, just to echo it, I think you're both 100% correct. Um, he shouldn't be handed a roster spot right off the bat. Like, he had a 76-weighted runs created plus last year. He had a negative one war. He struggled. Like, he struggled a lot. I guess where I'm saying, like, we're in trouble if Henry Davis doesn't win that roster spot because then it's like, what else is there to do here? There's nothing else that Henry Davis can do in the minor leagues from a hitting standpoint. Like he's proven everywhere that he's been that like he's better than minor league pitchers by a lot, right? Um, he hasn't shown that he's better than major league pitchers. He also hasn't shown that he just can play a position at all, right? So I think that's the main thing to watch this year. If, if Henry Davis can catch and do it in a capable manner, that second catcher spot is his. If he shows that he can't, then I think you still have to get creative because, like, again, does he have anything to prove in the minors? Maybe you sh- maybe you send him down to the minors to, to focus on catching if that's what you want him to do, but. That's just, again, it's it's bad. It's bad news if he's not ready right now because he's 24 years old. You picked him because he was a, he was the most ready college bat in the draft and that he could help you quickly. If he can't make this opening day roster on a team that's projected to finish in last place, then that's, that's a problem. That's a major problem. If you're a 24-year-old college bat who is supposed to be fast-tracked, can't make a roster projected to finish last. Bingo, because what the hell did you do to screw this up? We're talking about a guy that was basically as major league ready as possible at the plate, 
And now all of a sudden he's just awful. What did you do? And I know people might come at us and say that, why don't we blame the player? Sometimes it doesn't work out with the player. Maybe this, this, this. This is a constant theme. It's not just Henry Davis. How many guys do we see that are as close to sure things come through this organization that just rake through the minors or break here, there, or the other, and then they get to the majors here, and they're just terrible. What are you guys doing wrong here? Because you're doing something wrong. Now, I want to back up just a little bit here, though, Tyler, because like I don't want you to get too far ahead of yourself. I know. You're talking more in the sense of if Henry Davis doesn't perform. Correct. Because Correct. I don't think any of us here are ready to stamp that he's not a good major league baseball player, right? But if he isn't, that is where it becomes worrisome. And to Jim's point, that is why you you draft. There's multiple reasons why you draft him. One of them is because you see this rebuild on the cusp, right? Because the famous words by Ben Charrington is, we're going to be ready sooner than people believe, right? Something like something to that degree. So you get Henry Davis. He's close, major league ready. Boom. Also allows you the opportunity to get more in the draft, which is like Solomito and Bubba Chandler and such we talked about, which they're doing well. So like all the reasons are like are there and doing well in that sense. But if he doesn't hit, right? Like, yes, that that is worrisome because those other kids that were in high school that you didn't draft because they weren't near are on the cusp in the majors this year as well. So like Henry Davis is now in line with the high school kids. Yeah, I mean, Jordan Lawler is going to be starting as shortstop for the Diamondbacks. And and Marcelo Mayer's right there. I know he didn't do too well in double-A, but if he can, like, he's in double-A. He's already been in double-A. Who are we kidding? They would have taken Jack Leiter. And if they wouldn't have taken Davis, they would have taken the next worst thing. And yeah, Leiter hasn't looked good either. Yeah. Nope. Now they might have taken Kumar Rocker for all we know. Yeah, it's it, and we've we've talked about like this is an important year for Henry Davis. Like he, he's got to step up. Like he needs to be a leader on this team. He, the, the team needs a power bat, and and like all these years of tanking and these first round picks that you've stacked. The twenty twenty first round pick doesn't look like he's going to pan out. You can't have these the the first two years of your of your. You know, what was all the tanking for if your early first round picks aren't going to pan out? Right. So like the Pirates need the Pirates need to catch a break. And Henry Davis needs to be that break. Like uh like Brady says here, like Brody says here in the comments. That uh gut feeling I they're due for a break. Hate the way you word that. No, no, no. I'm not I'm I'm not allowing you or Brody to say it. So I'm just gonna stop you right there. They don't need a break. They need to start executing. No, you're right. And and, and okay. I mean, like, I mean, they're due. I know for what a you mean, but I'm in a way like, that, like, that one of their right players needs to be developed. Right. Yeah. Like they so need to do develop your job. one of their guys. Yeah. And I mean, we can even go to O'Neill Cruz as well, guys. Like, if O'Neill Cruz doesn't hit this year, there are too many guys that just come up as top prospects that either don't develop never developed or they just don't hit in the majors. Honestly, if a lot of if the things we're talking about happen and it's all hypothetical, 
you have to clear the entire developmental staff and you almost have to clear out the entire coaching staff. Like that's got to be the next step because this is not working. We're already seeing Tamar struggle at the plate here and there. He doesn't look like the batting title guy that Nick Gonzalez was promised. Like how many of these guys do we have to hear how great they are as hitters that strike out 30% of the time? There's some, there is a disconnect somewhere here. So if it continues this year, you have to clear house. And I'm, I will even give Ben Sherrington a little more time just because I don't want to start over again, but development wise (laughs) and people doing all that, they got to go. Yeah. Let's be honest. They didn't really go after Sherrington was hired either. Right. It's same group. That's always failed. Yeah, I mean, I'm I I still really like Termar as a prospect. The power is 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 very in, uh, in, intriguing. Um, the 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 hit tool obviously not what you would expect it to be, you know, coming out of the draft. But I still really like his his prospects. Gonzalez is one where yeah, like just not who not who every everyone said he was right, uh, and Davis has not shown yet at the major league level that he is the, the, you know, the number one college bat in that class. So yeah, we, we definitely need like the guys need to start hitting these draft picks need to start hitting one of these young players needs to just do what they were supposed to do. Cause we Literally, haven't seen it yet. Juicy. We haven't seen it yet. Literally any of them. Like if Mitch Jeb, please hit somebody. Well, he was the only hitter taken in the draft, basically. So <laughs> yeah, if he doesn't hit anybody Just else does. Anybody hit on this in this minor <laughs> league group. But I'm even Just talking about like like, like these like the, these sophomore guys, right? Like the guys who debuted last year. Piguero. A couple of them need to step up. Like Piguero, Gonzalez, Davis, uh Triolo even had a good had a good rookie season. Can he can he kind of keep that going? That's a question mark. ND is going to be out for the year, but like ND going forward needs to be a big part of this team. So like these guys who made the majors last year, they've got to step up. They have to get better. Like even throw in G1 Bay, for example. A guy that hit for a high average in the minors came up and just atrocious. And I know he's not a guy you count on, but like one of these guys has to work. Yeah. Why are they all so bad when they get here? And that's fair. That that's one of the things that you question. And that's why this year I think is it's big in many ways. It's big in the sense like you're you're talking about competing, so like you need to do things to get there, but it's also big in the sense of like who this organization is, you know, who this front office is. Because these guys struggled money last year. Which to a degree is fine. Like they are rookies. You're gonna struggle. Again, that's why we talked about calling up early to get their struggles out. But regardless, like if they struggle again this year, especially like as a group, it's just like right, like now you're going into next year and you're six and your guys are here. And like where are you as an organization? So it's big because you're gonna answer, you're gonna have a lot of questions answered. Again, hopefully like the O'Neill Cruz is answered, like what type of player he is. Hopefully, Henry Davis is answered. Hopefully a lot of his pitching staff has answered, right? So like, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered this year. And uh, 
Hopefully they go positively. Let's hope so. But hey, we'll we'll be able to tell more in about eight days. Well, we? we'll be able to tell immediately because we all have great eyeballs. That's true. Right. We'll know right off the bat. Henry Davis's first we'll know immediately. We'll know. Yep. Easy. The first the first hit I hear. Henry Davis has won the job. <laughs> we got a cup three guys from trouble with the curve. But no, I mean, out of all the storylines this spring, um, Henry Davis is the one I'm most interested in. Like that's he's single-handedly, I think the most important person on, on this team. Like we talked about it last week. If he goes, the team goes, if he doesn't, then this team is scrambling and they're relying on people who you wouldn't necessarily want to rely on. I can put a little bit of stock into that. Like I agree to a point. I think it's mostly as a unit, the rotation though. And I, like I'm not discrediting anything you said. Yeah, I mean, I mean Henry Davis has been extremely important to yeah. this to yeah. this team, right? Yeah. Present, but also okay. it's just like I, I guess like the for me the storyline is collectively the rotation. Henry Davis as a, a singular a person I think is a big storyline. Uh, the rotation as a whole is a big one for me as well because it's like who is going to start sort of themselves, who's going to rise to the top and show like, hey, I got it, or are they all just going to. Falter, no pun intended. I have there my was own absolutely pun intended. You know me. I have my own yeah, storyline, but I don't want to take us down that rabbit hole. Yeah, you can not. do it in eight days. If you don't even want to take us down it, then we shouldn't take them. I mean, I, I kind of want to, but I won't. Just real quick. I We talked about Dave's in the rotation, but I still need to know what O'Neill Cruz is. Like I need oh, to know yeah. if he can stay yeah. a shortstop. I feel like he's just a forgotten one at this point. He's still the most important person on this in this organization. I think he's the guy with the MVP upside, right? Like the guy. Um, and if you're going to do what you did in 2013, 14, 15, you need one of those guys. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. I mean. I guess I'm, I'm kind of leaving Cruz out there because I'm more confident in that he is, yes, he is a shortstop. I liked what I saw out of him those first couple weeks last year. Like the plate, like the approach at the plate was different. He looked like a different player. Like he looked like a, he looked like he knew what he was doing a lot more. But yeah, absolutely. You're right. I mean, we still haven't seen, we've seen a grand total of what? 300 O'Neill Cruz at bats. Ever. Something like that. I mean, 410 plate appearances in his career. It's not even a full season. Uh, 98 games. We have not seen 100 games of O'Neill Cruz. He's been pretty good in those 100 games. But can he be can he be really good? I guess my concern is just with the broken leg in shortstop. I thought he could have stayed at shortstop for a little while. I want to see it after the injury. I'll say this. I think to answer both of those in the sense, I think we'll find out early on about those questions about O'Neill Cruz because I think all of us are kind of confident that he can be a good player. I think there's a lot more unknowns to Henry Davis. But I think like by week two in spring training, you could probably look at O'Neill Cruz and say, you know what? He's going to be all right. 
So I think that, that's a good thing, though. I, I think knowing yeah. mm-hmm. production-wise, we feel like he's probably going to be a good player, right? The ceiling is what we have an unknown of, but he can probably be a, an everyday player. Um, but like what you're worried on, I think will be answered pretty early in spring. So that's good, though. That's good to know. Because mm-hmm. really, it's just the health. It's how's he going to come back from that injury? See, it wasn't that deep of a rabbit hole. Yeah, no, no but also very good. fair. Yeah, I think yeah, that's that's a big question mark and a big storyline that kind of gets swept under the rug. But yeah, I think I think we all kind of expect O'Neill Cruz to to be a productive major leaguer, right? But but yeah, like if if he can if he can play shortstop and do it effectively, and at the same time, rake. What if he? That's does, when. Guys? That's uh, that's helpful. It's very very helpful. If O'Neill Cruz puts together a pretty good year, um, I'd even j- just an All Star type of year. Just this team goes from like, I don't know. Right now, I'd say they probably win seventy two games in that ballpark. I don't think they're any better than last year. I think they might be worse. I think they might go from seventy two wins to probably in the eighties, just like that. Just him in general changes. Everything. So he's like a 10 war player. I don't believe in war actually meaning wins. Yeah, I, I know what that, you mean. But like, yeah, <laughs> I get that. Just my theory. No, I, mean, I think if, if O'Neill Cruz is Shit. Fernando Tatis Jr., right? But a left handed shortstop. <laughs> Yeah, like if if that's who he is, then this is an a is this is a well over eighty one team, and and then if you throw in if Cabrian Hayes continues what he did in the last few months, the team is completely different this year. And then I'm really then I'm really mad at them about the offseason at that. And then we already know Jack Sawinski is just going to have an awesome season too. So yeah, we spent a lot of time on the negatives, but like there are like three, maybe four guys that could completely change the way twenty twenty four goes. Well, and that's why it's so frustrating. And like I'm, I'm not actually that negative on this team. Like there are some guys on this team that I really like, and I think they're going to be pretty good baseball players. What makes it frustrating is like they're just one or two pieces away from like really really being in the thick of things. And there's that's that's the frustrating part. Like they had this whole offseason to get a lot better. Because like the rebuild as 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 terrible as some parts of this rebuild have been. They're just like two pieces away. Yeah. No again I, I agree like I was looking to is like there's there's definitely there's absolutely parts on this team that you're excited of. It's just the some of the parts that you're questionable of. So you're filling those in with two players away, like you're talking of, and now that some looks a little bit better and more competent, and you're you're more excited about the, the entire team's chances and not you know the parts. But yeah, again, we could keep saying saying, like there's just so much variance to this team, there's just so much uncertainty. Yes, if this, if that. That's what we keep talking of is ifs and ifs and ifs. And it's like, why not say, well, hey, we have this. We have that. We're good. Um, Yeah. Anyways, though, I mean, we are an hour in. Do we want to talk about some of these 
trade potentials to maybe get this team more into the we haves and not ifs. Yeah, I mean, let's we haven't talked, we haven't said Edward Cabrera's name in like 55 minutes. So I know Pirates talk is <laughs> sad. <laughs> no, I mean, I the, the Edward Cabrera stuff, I mean, we've it's a name that we've thrown out there multiple times during the offseason, mostly just because it makes sense, right? Like the the Marlins have a ton of pitchers, um, the Pirates need pitchers, and it's like, who's the pitcher who's most expendable? Probably Edward Cabrera. And, and so, like, it just lines up, right? It's just kind of a matter of, you know, what does Miami need for him? Miami doesn't necessarily have to trade him. Like, Edward Cabrera is slotted in their rotation right now. Losing Edward Cabrera for the Marlins would mean they have to move to, you know, Max Meyer, uh, who is also a very, you know, a pretty good pitcher himself, but it's less of a sure thing, right? Um, but it makes sense. I think if you're the Pirates, you desperately need that guy. Um, I love Edward Cabrera's upside. A big fan of the guy. His changeup is just nasty. Um, I'm a little concerned on if he has the durability to kind of pitch, you know, an entire season and be like a workhorse guy. But what he can do is I think he can give you 120, 125 really good innings. And the Pirates could use that right now. They could use that real bad. Those are my Edward Cabrera thoughts. So if he's available, go get him. He's He is absolutely the guy that the Pirates should be after. That type of guy, no questions asked. I don't know if there's much outside of Paul Skeens, and I probably wouldn't move tomorrow for him. Outside of that, I'd probably move about anything else almost. I do have concerns about the durability as well. Um, the command's also an issue. But the years of control, man, that he has, you're, I don't know how you can really pass someone like that up if it is available and if the price is somewhat right. I'd be okay overpaying for something like this because pitching is just so expensive that getting a guy like that on the market, we're seeing what guys like that are going for. Veterans that have similar resumes as him are going for $14 million a year. And you have this guy locked up through 2028, I believe, if you were to get him. That's a type of guy that the Pirates should be salivating at. Talent, talent wins. But that's like where I'm at. All the concerns, I fully understand too. I mean, I don't want to see that walk rate. Like all the, the the innings and such, like I, I get that, but you salivate at the talent, you salivate at what he has, right? The stuff and all and such. And I think where we feel the challenge might be is we are talking about a guy with all this talent who didn't really put it together yet, and that was with the Marlins. And you're going to the Pirates, who's the team that doesn't put it together, right? Like, like, and it's, I'm not trying to say this to bash the Pirates in a sense, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of the reverse. Of like, what happens? Like, he should be going from the Pirates to the Marlins, and like, they're the ones unlocking it, right? Like, the Pirates have been usually challenged in doing that. Not to say they can't, right? But regardless, like, you also don't, you're also not the Pirates in saying, well, we can't go after this guy because we're not going to fix him. Like, I don't want you thinking that way either if you're my GM or in an organization, right? 
So I absolutely think like you do got this guy because the talent is absolutely there. And if you can put it together with him, that's a dude. I don't want to say this in a sense of like, I'm not comping him. This isn't my, this is the comp I'm saying. But what I'm saying is someone like similar to me, also from the Marlins, you talked about the great change up, the, the five picks, five pitch mix, you know, Pablo Lopez, you know how much I love Pablo Lopez, Jim, because we argued about him if he's a dude. And guess what, Jim? He is a dude. Two rights for me tonight, baby. Um, Again, like not to hurt your arm, but, patting yourself on your back so much. <laughs> Seriously. But like also a nasty change up. And uh, like he was exclusively change up fastball. Goes to the twins and like, you know what? Take that slider, make it now the sweeper. Throw that more, change up less. He's able to get, you know, righties and lefties out better now. And it's like Edward Cabrera throws the slider. Not a whole lot. What do Pirates like to do? Throw the slider. Like maybe that also gets incorporated the same way like Pablo Lopez did. Like maybe he's throwing the slider a little bit more. Now, and that slider has been quite effective. Again, used very seldomly in totality throughout his career. But when he's thrown it, very effective. Maybe he starts throwing a slider more with Pittsburgh. Maybe you're seeing him become better. The control stone issue, I'm not sure if that's going to be mechanics. Pitching in at Tyler, that's on you to tell us and, the, you know, and such. But I, I could see him putting things together, becoming a better pitcher. And yes, now you have Mitch Keller. Now you have Edward Cabrera. Now, like now this rotation's falling in place. And you're talking about longevity. Paul Skeen's kind of Jared, like this pipe. Like, yes, this is like the perfect dude for you to get. I would very much welcome Edward Cabrera on the Pirates. Yeah, if you don't want him, you're a dummy. Yeah, I mean, he's... <laughs> no, if you don't want him, it's probably because you actually have a good rotation. <laughs> no, I mean, like, if you're a Pirates fan and you don't want him, oh. you're a dummy. Yeah, I mean, he's he's good. He's good. He's somebody that you want on your team. Um, and, and like you mentioned, unlocking his potential. I'm honestly like unlocking his potential would be ideal, right? But even if you don't, like he's still, he still the the stuff that he has. That's like I, I keep kind of going back to that changeup. Like that changeup is one of the best pitches in baseball. Like just in in the game, um, just incredible stuff. You mentioned the talent. Like just bet on talent, and he's got it. Like he's got the talent. The command, you kind of hope that he just kind of hones that in the more and more he pitches. He's still really never pitched like a full season of baseball, like because because of the durability issues. Like he's been hurt a lot. That's a concern. But if he can give you 25 starts in a season, that's a plus. Like this is a guy you want on your team. But also, and it's also like if we're talking about like who you want going in like a a post-game situation like Edward Cabrera is the type of guy you want pitching for you in a postseason game. Like he's a guy who can just go out there and put up six zeros, right? Like yeah. you want guys like this. You want guys like this on your team. And I'm, I don't know if I'd give up. Yeah. I'm not giving up Paul Skeens. I'm not giving up Termar Johnson. And I'm probably not giving up Bubba Chandler, but I'd give up anybody else. I think I anybody would flip flop. I probably wouldn't. I'm probably not giving up tomorrow. I could be talked into it, but I'm probably not. I would flip flop Bubba Chandler and Solomito. I love Bubba Chandler. Love him. I like Solomito so, a little bit more. I, and, and that's fair. Like, I, but I, like, there's a lot of prospects I would give up to to get Edward Cabrera. I guess where I'm at is that I think we hope that Bubba Chandler turns into 
Edward Cabrera. That's yeah. So I'd just rather have him. That's a that's a fair that's a fair assessment. So I guess maybe Solomito, Mito, whatever he wants to go by today. That might be my line there. I don't know what your guys' line is in the prospects, but that might be it. And I would probably be able to be talking to him. But I wouldn't be giving much well, more. If someone, said, would you trade, if someone said, would you trade Solomito for Edward Cabrera right now? I'm doing it. Absolutely. Yes. Not a question. Or Bubba Chandler. What if yeah. it's Tamar for Cabrera straight up? I'm probably not. I'm not doing that. I'm not okay. trading Tamar right now. I think I'm with you there. I'm just. He's like your only bat. Right. Like you're only like your only hitter. That's that's my problem with that too. That's why I think this lines up so well, also. It's just because, like, again, you're talking about the depth of the pirates. So stop talking about it as they have to be your 2025, 2026 rotation and start thinking about it as their prospect capital, right? If you're gaining a pitcher and you're able to give up, like whatever you think about Bubba, Bubba Chandler, Bubba Solomedo, like I think Bubba. I like both of them too. <laughs> Double Bubba. Bubba. And I like them for different reasons. Right? We talk about the ceiling on Bubba. You talk about the floor. Michael Bubba. Anthony. But I think we're both in line that we really like them. And I'm looking forward to seeing their careers as Pittsburgh Pirates. But if either one of them can get me an Edward Cabrera, then that person's here already. You talked about the service time. Like you don't have to wait for that person. Just think it. Just, just pretend in your mind that they turn into Edward Cabrera. That's it. And you have him for five more years. Like Cabrera is five years of team control. Yeah. That person's here today and they're going to help you today in the future. So that's why, again, like if you want to like pull at straws of if Bubba or not Bubba, if Anthony or Anthony, I don't care. Either one of them, I'm good. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. We're all on the same page. I'm not trading Bubba, but I'm so that's my line. I'm just counting that as another you're right, Donardo. You went third after you agreed with all of us, so sure you're right. That's Doesn't true. Matter. I'm counting all of them. I you just agreed with us. Yeah, I'm the one that said that you hope Bubba Chandler turns into him, and then you just repeated what I said and then took credit for it. You can't listen to Kornberg. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I can't wait to beat Denardo up in Florida. I can't wait to see you jump up and do it. I can't wait to see you try 41 free throws in a row. I can't oh, did that. I bang them out? Easy money. Yes. Great. Very easy money. Jim, I can't wait. High five, Jim. We don't have a basketball hoop anywhere near, do we? We can find one. There's okay. one in Sarasota. I did look it up. Do we have a basketball? We can go buy There's, one. I know, right? We can go to, How rich go do to, they think? We, well, then we people better to, start listening, liking, subscribing, all that stuff. Please true. donate. So we you know what? Yeah, if you could donate, <laughs> let's get $25 worth of uh, super chats and we'll get ourselves a basketball. <laughs> we just talked about the five bedroom house we're going to. And now we're trying to like get people to buy us a basketball. <laughs> right. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so um, I think they should make that trade for sure. Wait, do we have a chipping green? Yes. We have no, a putting chipping. green. Put, put. Putting green? Okay. Yeah. Oh, I'll kill you guys in that too. We already saw me at Top Golf. I dominated that. You saw me at Top Golf. 
you will dominate me at that. I, I really don't think people realize I'm the best athlete of North Shore 9. No. It's not even close. I am the best athlete. No. Yes, I am. No. We watch. Go back and watch the videos of Top Golf. Not even close. I I'll gladly have a competition. Let's just do it. Let's all out, Tyler. Whatever you want, let's do it. All right, let's go back. I'm to too Top competitive golf. to say no, anyways. So let's go back to Top Golf, Donardo. <laughs> I'll do it. It's won't be Top Golf was but... always that was in Fort Myers. That was way yeah, too that was a hike. Drive. Yeah, I'll be way too drunk. Oh, I'm not playing one on one. I'm too old for that. Be ready to bounce. Anyways, let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah, fun show, guys. Yeah, that was a good show. Our second to last NS9 live before we are in Bradenton. Yeah. Shout out to all the commentator commenters too. We had a really Tech. lively group chat. Really lively group chat tonight. So good stuff. Yes. You yes. all are the real MVPs. Appreciate y'all. And with that said, yes. Yeah, so tomorrow, Neil and Doug go to the movies. That'll be at eight o'clock see that and then yeah next week is like our last week we got a starbucks on monday obviously and it's not live on wednesday do we have anything else in the plans before Bradenton? i don't think not that i'm aware of yeah maybe an emergency so, podcast for an edward cabrera acquisition you never know maybe but what i will say is we're gonna have a ton of content in Bradenton. Uh, a lot of stuff to look out for and hopefully soon another an actual special announcement as well. Hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. We can get some details finalized for anyone who might be involved that might be listening, even though you're not. Let's get that finalized, guys. <laughs> this is my plea to you. <laughs> Let's get out of here. All right. We'll be back. Catch y'all later. Bye-bye. Peace out, Skills. See you, guys. Hey, you all. Thank you for watching. I know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can, uh, and we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible. So uh, I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you could take the five seconds to like this video and subscribe to the page, it helps out so much more than you know. Thank you, and let's go Bucks. Oh,